Wonderful. Well, it's so good to be here amongst you, so good to be sharing the word uh, with you even at home. My name is David, and I am the lead pastor here at Wellspring Church, and it is an absolute privilege to serve, to lead, to guide, and to, to really chase after what God has for all of us. It's great to be part of this family, and I thank you for being part of this family too. Now, over the last two months, we've looked at the series of Bold in Witness, and it's been fantastic in my reflections. In fact, what I would say, of all the things that have happened in this Bold in Witness series, not just here on Sundays, but through our time as a church family over the last two months, what I can say in my reflections is that we've experienced the love of God, and more the measure of God's presence than ever before. I really feel it, and I hope you have too and encountered it. And remember, it's not just about feelings as well, but it's really important to realize God has got us on a trajectory. And this is something I'm excited about and want to keep going into, and I want to encourage us all just to be encouraged by the very presence of God, not just here within this room, which is fantastic, but also in our everyday walk with Christ, the presence and the measure of God is increasing with you and in you. Praise God. So today I'm, I'm finishing up the series, which is really fantastic because we've got to move into Advent next week. So um, I thought I'd finish off where kind of we started. I wanted to remind us and convince us of our role, each of our roles individually, but as a church family, of becoming bold in witness. And if I'm going to be honest with you, which I will be and always hopefully am, over these two months of really great things happening and experiencing God's love and experiencing his, his presence in a new measure, there have been moments, dare I say it, there have been moments, even as I stepped out boldly in witness, where I've faced some doubts and discouragement in that. And I thought, you know what, well, if I've experienced it, maybe amongst the church family, we have too. And I wonder if people were reflecting like, well, the church hasn't doubled in size <laughs> and things like that. But that's, that's not what it's about. Okay? This is what I feel the Lord is saying in this time. You're experiencing more of my presence yeah. and more of my love. And I want to remind you that, you know what, we can only give what we have first received. God loved us first. And it's really important to recognize even in this that in terms of being a witness, <laughs> in terms of being a witness of sharing about God's love and heart in people's lives, sorry about that. <laughs> it's a false witness right there. Look, if you haven't experienced the love of God, then why try being bold in witness? A witness who gives testimony who hasn't even experienced God's love, is a false witness. And I hope and pray that our church is a witness to the light of God because we've experienced the light and love of God in our lives. Now, I wonder if someone has ever asked something of you or asked you to do something that you yourself didn't think you could do or you didn't have. Happens all the time in my life. And most recently, one of the things that keeps recurring is um, I have uh, a wife and two lovely daughters who love CBBs, and we watch them on iPlayer. And uh, I don't know about you, maybe if you're watching Netflix or anything, you know at the end of an episode where it gives you like a countdown before it starts playing 
the next episode. And uh, you kind of, there's this unwritten rule, you've got to stop it before you get into the next episode. Because if you get into the next episode, by God, you've got to watch it, right? <laughs> Especially with my kids, when they're watching CBBS. if it's starting another episode, if you turn it off midway or 10 seconds in, all hell breaks loose, right? <laughs> and I remember Hannah, and this has happened multiple times, Hannah's like, turn it off, turn it off before the 10 seconds runs out. And I'm like, well, I haven't got the remote. I don't know, I can't, where's the remote? And she's like, you're sitting on it. You've got it. And I'm like, I, don't, I can't see it. And then I'm panicking. I'm looking all over the place. Please let the counter not time out. And I find it under the cushion and I hit the red button and it goes. And my children still moan. <laughs> but you know what? That's how I feel sometimes I'll walk. Our Christian walk can be. Our beloved Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, commands us and sends us and tells us things to do. And we're like, well, I haven't, I'm not ready for that. I don't have the right means to do that. And we're looking around for like, how, how can I do Oh, Oh, my ears aren't big enough. Sorry, guys. First, I'll reverse. I think I'll, I'll give this one more go, and then if not, I'll go handheld. I don't think I can do it, is what my answer is to God a lot of the time. I'm, I'm ill-equipped. And the whole time, Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit is with you. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a charismatic or Pentecostal. It's the word of God spoken to us, that the Holy Spirit is with you. He is for you. He's leading you and guiding you, and he gives you the power, not only his presence, but the power to go about being a bold witness. Sometimes we've just got to lift the cushion, and there he is, ready to receive us. So today I wanted to look at some of those questions we, we may get when we're doubtful or we're like, oh, we're ill-equipped, we're not ready. And so to do this, we're going to look at Exodus chapter 3. So if you've got your Bibles with you, please turn to it. You kind of know the backstory. Um, hopefully, most of you will. Um, Israel has become a numerous people group, and they're in Egypt, and uh, they were brought in kind of through Joseph, through their lineage. But now the Pharaoh in charge kind of forgot about the Israelites or didn't really know their story, and now they're enslaved in Egypt under harsh rule. And so this is the story of Moses encountering God at the burning bush, says this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. 
So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will be worshipping God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. If we uh, jump to chapter 4, verse 1, the conversation keeps going. And Moses uh, asks another question. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? And we'll come back to that. I just think Moses here shows an example, at least of me in my walk with God. When I question God, there's three questions he says. Basically, he says, who am I that I'm doing this, that you're sending me? He says, what should I even say? And then the third question is, what if they don't listen? I don't know if it's just me, but I've definitely said those three questions to God. And so we're just going to look at these questions to encourage us at times when maybe we feel like uttering those questions or even pleading those questions before the Lord. It's a whole thing going on here, and we're only picking out some bits. So I do encourage you to spend more time on this, on chapters 3 and 4. But in chapter 3, verse 11, it says this, Who am I, this is Moses speaking, that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Now, we have to think about who... Moses is, before we even move on to what God says of Moses. You see, Moses was raised in the palace. He was a Hebrew, he was a Levite, he was an Israelite, but he was raised in the palace as an Egyptian. Not just as any Egyptian, but an Egyptian prince. Then later down the line, he ends up trying to defend one of his fellow Hebrews, but in, the, in defending, he murdered an Egyptian. So then he's in trouble, and he's in, well, he's in hiding. He, he runs away. He flees his home. He ends up in a place called Midian. He gets married to a Midianite named Zephora and has a child. And now, years later, he's a shepherd in this story. He's a shepherd on the end edge of the wilderness. This is who Moses, in reflection, sees of himself. I think many of us, not just pointing the finger and thinking about the world, but just within this room. Sometimes we can feel like that. Maybe we feel like that right now. That we don't know who we are because maybe things haven't gone the way we thought they would when we were growing up. Maybe to the point where we've done something or haven't done something that we're running from those things. The things we've done, the shame, the guilt may be there, that we're running away from those things or at least avoiding them. We try and set up a new life for ourselves. I'm not saying this is wrong, 
but in the midst of trying to set up a new life for ourselves, taking care of things, we lose the confidence of who we are. We don't even live according to how God calls us to live. And this is what Moses, if you read the context, you'll see Moses isn't even living as somebody of the covenant. This is where Moses is. And it's at the edge of the wilderness that God speaks to him. I want to encourage you today, despite what has been, despite maybe running away from things or avoiding things, despite trying to take care as best as you can of life in this moment, you know, God can speak to you today. And I believe he is speaking. And this is who he, this is what he says. Rather than saying who you are, he tells you who he is. And he tells you, I am with you. And that is the heart of my message for you for this whole series is that God is with you. Not only is he with you, but he's calling you to be his, to appeal to a world. He's choosing you. And then what he says is, if you're obedient, if you do what I call you to, then you're going to go deep in relationship with me. Look at what he says to Moses. You will come out and you will worship me on this mountain. You will draw even deeper in closeness in relationship with me. My first point for you today is that you are a presence carrier. A carrier of God's presence. Even more so than what we hear in this context right now of Moses. Because we live post-crucifixion and resurrection. That Jesus is now ascended in heaven and sent his Holy Spirit. Not only to be with us, but to be in us. And this is why it's always about the Holy Spirit now. He is the means of which we have relationship with God. And so it's even greater than just saying God is with you. He's in you. And this is the challenge for me. And I see it in my relationship with my own daughter, Sailor, who's not old enough to just be somewhere without me. I think, dare I say, I think in our relationship with God, we think, yeah, God, you're with us, but you're with us over there. You're with us that you can see me. When I take Sailor to the playground, I've noticed I can do different things. I can stand outside the playground and watch Sailor inside the playground. Or I could go in the playground and walk around or be on my phone. Sorry, sometimes, you know, I'm always judging other parents. I'm like, I do it anyway. <laughs> or I could be by the equipment that Sailor's on. Or, or, especially the climbing ones, I get on the equipment with Sailor. I want you to know the Father loves you so much that he's not just outside the perimeter of your life looking in. He's not just walking around close by. He's up in it with you on that equipment, on that challenge, on that goal. He is with you. And if you should fall, he will pick you up. That is the love of God with you. He is with you. So despite talking about bold and witness, I think some of us just need to hear that again. God is with you. Wherever you go, not just here on a Sunday, when you're going to work, when you're going to some play group, when you're going here or there, he is with you, he is in you. Don't keep him at a distance. Don't imagine him at a distance. Don't feel him at a distance. Know the truth. He is with you and he is in you. God's answer, I love it. I will be with you. It's not about who you are. It's about where he is, and he is with you. 
And in fact, he will tell you who you are. And I'll share a testimony about that in just a moment. God is with you. Then Moses says in verse 13, what should I say? What shall I tell them? You know, when I'm sharing conversation with my friends or non-friends, but I want to share about Jesus, some of those kind of thoughts, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I taking the right avenue? Should I do the right route? And I don't think God wants to get us bogged down into that level of detail. Some of us may think that way, and you know what? By God's grace, he'll level with you because he's so understanding and loving. But the challenge really here is that God just says, I am who I am. Now, I don't want to get into a massive, like, going into the name of God because this study could go on forever. But I would just want to pull out, I am who I am, brings out, I am present. Yeah. I am here. Now, in your translations, you may see a footnote, and it says sometimes, I will be who I will be. I love that one, too, because that means a promise. Whatever I promised, I will make come to pass. And remember, he's talking to an Israelite here who are so keen on the promises or forget the promises and God is saying, I am who I say I am, and I will do what I said I will do. But the thing is, really, on a simplistic level, what Moses is being asked to do is share his personal experience of meeting with God. So for me, living in 2021 amongst friends, family, you know, you name the community, my challenge really is simply to share my personal experience of Jesus of the love that I've received. And that can be done in many different ways. And I'll share two testimonies. One, which is more of a confession, because I didn't rise to faith, and one where, like, it surprised me. I was at a party in the last two months where we got onto the topic of church. It's easier for me, I would say, because I'm a church leader, so, you know, people talk about jobs, right? And um, I was asking about their faith journey, because they've, they've come to a couple of services before, and they said, oh, I'm, just not, I'm, I'm just giving religion a bit of a break. And I said, oh, no, no, that's fine. But I tell you what's important. Whether you're giving religion a break, I don't count myself as religious, but that never really kind of communicates well. I say, but who's Jesus to you? Who is Jesus? And here's the thing that, I mean, it's a confession for you, because I thought that was enough. I pointed him in the direction of Jesus. His response to that was, well, no, I, I want to concentrate more on me. Oh, Moses, who am I? Look, if you... Point them to Jesus. Jesus will show them who they are. And this is the thing. I have to be honest with you. I bailed from that conversation. And I don't know why. I feel like I'm such an inconvenience to people when I talk about God. That I want to shut down the conversation. I was the one who moved on the conversation. But that person definitely would have granted me the audience of hearing about my personal encounter with Jesus. Or what God's been doing. So there's something I just wanted to show you in front of you. I get it wrong. I'm still on this journey. Now, another occasion, I was at the school gate taking Sailor to school. And on the way back, I ended up talking to another parent. And this parent was just sharing a bit of grief, really. Somebody had passed complications with COVID, but there was underlying something else there. And they were really struggling to grieve because even the family that had lost this member um, had not really announced it yet. So he was struggling what to do. And, you know, I've been part of some training and in terms of grief and trauma and, and mental health things. And I found them really helpful. And it was really good to discuss. But as I was going along, I felt God was saying, share my heart for him. And so at the edge, at the edge of the school field, actually where everybody comes in, it's worse than the school gate, like this narrative. I just felt like praying for him. 
And I'll tell you right now, my prayer wasn't really faith-filled, declarative, like, de- like declaring God's truth. I simply shared the reality of Jesus as I known him, that the Father cares for this person. He is the Father of peace. He's the Father who helps us in our grief and that he loves him. And I even remember saying, I don't have the answers, and I pray God, regardless of answers, he would experience your love. And that was it. Less about... <laughs> having to describe something and point something out there about God, but simply sharing a revelation of God in my prayer for him. I want to encourage you, pray more for other people. Even if they don't want to have the engagement of a conversation of some salvation story, offer to pray for them. You'll be surprised how much gospel comes out in a prayer when God moves in your heart. So that's what God says to reply, I am who I am. Just, just again, his personal, faithful, presentness to Moses. And Moses could say, this is the God I know. This is the God I experience. Not just of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. This is God I have encountered. Finally, chapter 4, verse 1. After having this long spiel with God of what's happening... Moses says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? I love this because this is, this is me all the time. Oh, what happens if they don't take into consideration what I'm saying? They don't know the journey. I can't explain it well enough. Now, this text goes into a whole like miracle scene and, and like supernatural thing. But I love this because even after all that, Moses, <laughs> he gives excuses He's just seen things. But what I want to bring on, so God does the supernatural. This is gospel, by the way. This is, you'll see this in Jesus' ministry. But the thing I wanted to point out is verse 12. This is how God answers, God answers Moses. Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. I mean, all the miracles start. We, we need that. We do need that. But I just want to explain right today that we need to just keep listening to God to keep obeying him and in the process allow God to teach us lead us guide us even shape us in the uncomfortable things in the things that we wouldn't choose for ourselves the Lord wants to move and meet with us but it's about us really surrendering to him look there's signs and wonders and then there's him speaking to us and through us and I find this really interesting that Actually, we learn as we go. You know, when you get like a new car, a new TV, I doubt anybody ever reads the manual. The manual's like this thick. I've had my car for 12 years and I haven't read it. There's somebody in this room who has. I know that. But God wants to take us on the journey of you'll figure it out as you go along with me. That's how we do this. And I've realized when I'm not ready, there's something good about that because it's based on faith, not based on me, not based on who I am, but based on who's with me. I want to encourage us, as we reflect on this passage, there's something else that mirrors this really well. And it's Jesus, when just before he ascends, he talks to his disciples. We, We see it as the Great Commission. It's in Matthew chapter 28. And I'm just going to read you verses 16 through to 20. It says this. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Listen to this. But some doubted. 
The risen Jesus had some doubters. It's all right for us to experience some doubters too, okay? The risen Jesus. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do you see how this parallels? Do you see? I mean, not only is there a mountaintop experience, but Jesus then tells them not only what to say, reveals a bit more about who he is, as in as a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them everything I have commanded you. Obey. It's all reflected here. And this is the thing. This is how Jesus ends it. And I am with you until the very end of the age. One thing I wanted to finalize on this is I'm convincing myself, reminding you of our role. Can I just convince you of what's going on in the world? You see, the Israelites, they were crying out for help, right? So when we think about the Moses story, we're like, yeah, but these people wanted deliverance, right? They're in slavery. It's clear as day. They want to be saved takes us a bit more convincing that the people out there, or maybe even within amongst us in our church family, you know, they need saving too. And it's because they're not crying out for help. Or it seems like they're not crying out for help or deliverance. Can I just say, because of sin, everybody, everybody, without exception, is crying out for deliverance. And if they're not, they're running away from that cry. Okay? So everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, we can't just point the finger. But you see, as the Israelites cried out because they're in slavery and all this, actually, there's a world, a broken world out there crying out for saving, for delivering, but they just may not be crying out in the way we'd expect them to. They're crying out by, or running away, by being filled and satisfied by money, by popularity, by their friends, by their relationship status. They're running from things and they're trying to fill their lives in different means. You can name it all. What are they crying out for? They're crying out for deliverance, but they're just looking in the wrong place. You know, one thing I've never noticed, this is the first time I've read it in all my years of reading the Moses story. Does it say the Israelites are crying out to God? No. They're just crying out. So just think about that. We don't even realize sometimes our friends are crying out for deliverance and saving. They may not be crying out to Jesus, but they're crying out. And here's the deal. Here's the love and character of God. God says, I hear them. You may not even hear them, but I hear them. Listen to the passage. I see them. I have compassion on them. Or I am concerned for them. Here's the, the final thing he says about the Israelites, which is true for us today, for people. I have come down for them. And the way he comes down for them is through Moses. The way he comes down to friends, family, people in the community, the neighborhood, is through you. And if you carry what Jesus carries in his heart, if you see them, if you hear them, if you realize the brokenness and the crying out, then you can offer the solution, the antidote. And it's because of sin. I know people, we, we can talk about fear. 
We can talk about anxiety. We can talk about a whole host of things. Loneliness, that is true. God wants to save people from that. But the ultimate thing we must grab hold of through this series is realizing there is sin that has been dealt with and people don't realize it. Sin has been dealt with in Christ Jesus. So as we continue living that life of becoming bold in witness, can I encourage you, remind you, convince you that you have a role to play. You have a place, and it's about who is with you. So trust the calling. Moses was called. Jesus calls his disciples, and he calls all of us today. Don't trust the feeling. Trust the calling. Because you know what? If you trust the calling then actually you know you've been set apart to do that calling. You know what's so funny about Moses? Jesus, well, sorry, well, I I believe it was Jesus pre-incarnate, but let's not go there. I believe God in the bush says, they will not listen to you. (laughs) And he said, well, what if they don't listen to me? I love this because God is just asking for our obedience. You know, and if we're obedient to the calling, then we will be anointed and set apart and gifted to see that come to life. He is for you. He is with you. And some of us today, I think that where God's heart is leading me to kind of just share in our response. And so worship team, if you could uh, prepare. I feel that we have maybe pushed God away in our perspective. We see God with us from outside the playground. Or he's walking around, but he's far off. He's not ready for us. He's not even looking at us at the equipment. He's with us in the equipment. He's with us in the obstacle and the challenge. So I just want to encourage you today, as we respond, maybe think about the challenge you are on. Maybe think about the loved one you care for, that you want to see Jesus glorified in that person's life. Or maybe it's just for you today. And that's a great place to start. You cannot give what you have not already received. Maybe you're just crying out for more intimacy with the Lord. You want to let him come. This is God's heart for you today. Although he is holy and pure. Remember, Moses was a murderer at this point. Like None of the covenant stuff of being sacrificed. But look, take off your sandals, Moses, so you can be in my presence. This is a chance for us to hear the invitation of God to be closer today. Heavenly Father, I just pray for everyone here today. I pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would fill in a new capacity. Father, would you continue to cause us to grow in the measure of carrying your spirit? I thank you that each and every person here by faith is a carrier of your presence. And I thank you, Lord God, that not only did you die and rise again, but you sent the Holy Spirit into us so that we're never alone. So that we can appeal to a dying and lost world to say, if you could do it for me then you can do it for them too. And I pray, Lord God, if those people are struggling with just seeing loved ones, that faith, that doubt, kind of dichotomy of going on in in their lives, of trying to win people for you, Lord God, and it feels that nothing's moving. Father, I pray right now by your spirit, you would tend to their hearts and minds, that, Lord God, you would continue to encourage them to be faithful, 
that you'd help them to continue to trust and obey and keep listening. Because you are with them and you are for them. And you hear the cry of the loved one as well. I thank you for your deep, 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 deep love for us. And I pray, Father, that each and every person in this room and listening would know the intimacy of God in an increasing measure today and for the rest of their walk. In Jesus' name, amen.